Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of A Modern Nonprofit Podcast. I'm Tasha Anderson. I'm going to be your host today and I brought my friend Allie along with me to talk about something that I think is very modern, very interesting, very unique. So any of you organizations that get in-kind gifts or want to start getting in-kind gifts, this is a great episode to listen to. So Ali, thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely. Glad to be here. So Ali, you are the VP of Strategic Partnerships for an, for a platform called Right Gift. Ali, tell us first and foremost what this is briefly, and then we're going to start talking a little bit more about in-kind as a whole and how organizations can really kind of beef up their online or their in-kind campaigns. Yeah, absolutely. So in-kind is very simple. Basically, in-kind contributions or donations of goods, services, or time, anything that's not cash. They Mm -hmm. can be as boring as asking for office supplies, like printer cartridges Mm -hmm. and whatnot, um, and as exciting as menstrual hygiene products. Um, Mm -hmm. They're completely tax deductible, just like a cash donation. But what it's doing is it's freeing up that cash so that you can use it somewhere else. So Mm -hmm. you can track the donations the exact same based on, you know, the value of that item, just like you would a cash gift. And Right Gift is really a platform for bulk procurement for nonprofits and businesses with CSR, you know, minded goals and Mm -hmm. um, a wishlist platform. So Mm. I love that. Because there's so many different areas where I know that my nonprofits go um, for in-kind, whether it's online or even on their own websites or through like Amazon wishlist and things like that. So we're going to talk a little bit more about that later on. But I think first and foremost, this in-kind word, I think is certainly a very unique uh, term within the nonprofit space. And I've actually seen this word used in completely different contexts. So I think first and foremost, Ali, let's just kind of define what in-kind gift is. And I'll let you describe it in a way um, that, that talks about the conversation today, but this is not um, a, another way that in-kind is also described sometimes within grants and the federal government describes in-kind as like what portion of cash is the organization you know, contributing to this cause. That's not what we're talking about. Um, we're talking about donated things. So Ali, um, what kind of mm-hmm. in-kind gifts are we talking about here? Um, just so the mm-hmm. users that, or listeners that are kind of new to this donated goods or services space um, has an understanding of what this means w- with the, within this context. Yeah, so there, like I said, there's such a wide range of physical items, but you can have services as in-kind as well, time. Um, so mm-hmm. I have clients, all over the country who literally will ask for in-kind items for a backpack drive. They'll mm-hmm. use their cash funds or their grant uh, to buy s- the school supplies themselves. And mm-hmm. then they will use a trucking company, a local you know, electric company that has some of their vans up for the day and they will donate their time to go drop those items off at the school. So mm-hmm. really you can utilize in-kind from the very beginning of asking for what you need to delivering that without having to use any cash. Yeah, and I think something else to add to that, what I don't think a lot of people realize that in-kind goods specifically are required to be reported on your tax returns. The IRS says you should value gifts. Now we can go down an entire rabbit hole of Natasha, donors give me a bunch of junk, I end up throwing it away. I know that that happens. Um, so this is even more of a good uh, conversation mm-hmm. to have, getting in-kind things that you actually want. But this platform, I think, is going to be really helpful for people to understand, okay, I need to be tracking these things. It needs to be in an organized way. 
And I see so many organizations that are extremely heavy on in-kind. What are these organizations? These are food pantries, for example. I've worked with food pantries that the value of the things donated, which is their entire operations essentially, is all donated. And none, mm -hmm. the value of this was not recorded anywhere on the books, right? I'm talking also about secondhand stores with clothing that is donated and then turn around and sold. The value of that is never. And I'm not just talking about the money, like the things that come in and the things that go out, but there's usually a very large inventory that does have a value because it will be given away or sold at some point in the future. And mm -hmm. I think that most organizations don't realize that they are required to keep track of these things and they're required to assess some sort of dollar value to those um, to be in line with what the IRS requires and also the technical term is generally accepted accounting principles. I call them the accounting gods. You would think they would be on the same page. They're not. The IRS has a certain set of rules and the accounting gods have a certain set of rules. But all of those rules would say at least goods specifically, you need to be capturing a value for um, these goods. Yeah, so 100%. Yeah, and well, then and, services and are also important too, for sure. Let's not, you know, overlook those like you had mentioned, Allie. Yeah, and going back to being able to value that, I mean, that's such a difficult thing when you have a Dropbox in your lobby and mm -hmm. people are just dropping off pencils. You have no idea how much that is. In the mm -hmm. reseller world of Amazon, a lot of people are paying four to 600%. I mean, retail mm -hmm. markups are 100 200% just at Walmart or Target. So you really don't know the value of that item unless mm -hmm. you specifically ask for it and you define that value before you even start, which we like to help people do that at Right Gift because we're giving them that menu of items, how much that case of pencils costs so mm -hmm. that it's easy for them to print off that report at the end of the year and put mm -hmm. it into their taxes. Yeah. It's funny because I think that's the biggest hurdle for people to start putting structure around this in-kind system. And I, like I said, I've seen this several times now where I get organizations that most of their operations is dependent on a huge amount of donated goods and they have no system to even start. Like Tasha, where do I start? That's usually the question. And it, it's kind of, it can be a little bit complicated. I mean, in theory, it sounds simple maybe, but it's certainly overwhelming if nothing else. And for those of you that don't have any system and you are getting in-kind goods, usually what an auditor or um, you know, some sort of like charity watchdog would expect that you have some sort of consistent methodology for how you determine the value of these goods, Allie. So like you were saying, if you oftentimes, if you have a after school program and you oftentimes get donated school supplies, maybe you don't want to try to track down, well, you know, a generic pencil is worth this much and a name brand pencil is worth this much. And, you know, but these pencils were on sale you know, those sort of things. Usually we develop some sort of system like, um, you know, a box of pencils is worth $2 or something, I'm making mm -hmm. something up, right? And you usually have a whole methodology for this. And this is also especially important for things like my um, food pantry clients, right? So every can of vegetables, we're going to assess 50 cents. We're going to assume it's a discounted price. Um, for every prepared meal, boxed meal, we're going to assess it at this particular price. And Right Gift helps simplify this for many organizations by creating some sort of standardization and not requiring us to keep reinventing the wheel every time we decide we want to launch some sort of more structured um, inventory tracking system. Mm -hmm. I already know, Ali, we're, <laughs> I tend to start talking about these things. And I know it's almost immediately overwhelming. The good news is, um, yes, there's some like complexities and, and there's some accounting rules behind it, but the, but the, the, that's the bad news. The good news is um, there's a lot of tools um, that can help us do this. So, mm -hmm. you know, 
Ali, aside from just the initial anxiety and being overwhelmed, what are some of the other benefits of in-kind and in-kind procurement using technology? Um, you know, the audience that's listening to here, we're always interested in what is a better solution? What is a new modern solution? So what are some of those benefits to using like an online platform to remedy this whole tracking system? Mm-hmm. Well, first and foremost, we know that nonprofits don't have a big budget to pay for technology. Um, there's not a lot of technology companies that are fighting to get into that market either. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we are kind of in a unique space between tech and the giving world. Um, mm-hmm. So we are what we're able with our supplier conversations to negotiate a free platform for people just to try, right? So people can get over that hump of change and being a little bit more flexible with how you ask for stuff, you're going mm-hmm. to save your cash so that you can mm-hmm. make payroll and give those nonprofit employees that have been you know, wearing all of the hats a little bit of a raise. You can use that money to fund educational programs so that you can further your mm-hmm. mission in the community instead of spending that money on diapers, you know, boxes of diapers, mm-hmm. for example. You're gonna save time. Um, Mm -hmm. Like I said, there's a lot of people, I have clients that will literally go to every Walmart in the city to get Mm -hmm. the size socks that they need. And they could have spent that whole week, you know, procuring those items, giving them to people and we could have done it for them. So it's really saving time so that you can further your mission, but also you get new donors. A lot of people Mm -hmm. are scared that cash funds are going to be are, are going to deplete essentially when they start asking for in kind, but that's not the case. There's no data that, that suggests that anywhere. Um, and really what you're doing is a lot of people don't trust cash giving, especially now mm-hmm. when everyone is really needing and asking for that, that those fundraising um, ideas and whatnot. So really it's just, it's, it's opening up um, a new avenue of giving for your organization so that you can keep growing and you're going to be able to retain your donors, right? So mm-hmm. if you're using an Amazon wish list right now, you don't get any donor information. So you can't say mm-hmm. thank you. You can't, mm-hmm. you know, make them feel like they made an impact. You can't even follow up with a statement that says, this is what your money went to, right? So mm-hmm. with Right Gift, we're collecting that donor information and you're able to thank them after, which is the number one reason why donors don't return is because they they weren't just given a simple thank you. So Those are just some of the benefits of using in kind. And like I said, there's really no risk when it's a free technology. Yeah, and one of the things that I've also noticed too, because I work with a lot of organizations in early childhood education, and one of the big things that they really need and that they try to um, run campaigns on, and, and some of them have just started asking even, or just diapers and diaper wipes, right? That's a very um, big commodity out there. They're very expensive. A lot of the parents and families can't afford to bring them into the school. Um, so the school will cover the cost of them, and they're a huge line item within their budget. And I think that there's something to be said about when donors can tie something like even a diaper, knowing that a child at that school is able to use that diaper. They just have a connection with the organization. And I find mm-hmm. that by being able to promote, we're having a diaper drive, and this is the easiest way you can help support that cause by having a platform for which people can easily just go in and purchase these things or go in and contribute money to that cause um, makes it so much easier for organizations to, first of all, even ask, right? And then, as you mentioned, through a platform like this, they can start collecting donor information and those sorts mm-hmm. of things. So 
I think all around organizations don't always have a really robust wish list and in a wish list that they're getting the things that they want, it's not really always maintained very well. Um, and it's so, sometimes just not really communicated. And now with social media and websites, it's so easy to make those asks, um, even in online newsletters, email campaigns, those sort of things. So yeah, absolutely. We can absolutely do that. So you know, obviously this is platform is out there. Obviously in kind is an ongoing conversation, at least for me that I have with my clients and even prospective clients all the time. Why do you think then Ali, more nonprofits are not going down this route with, with, you know, collecting in kind? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it goes back to that fear of losing cash, right? Mm -hmm. Which Mm -hmm. don't be afraid of that because it's not Mm -hmm. real. I, we work with thousands of clients all over the country, and that has never been one concern of theirs after using the platform. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Amazon downfalls, right? So mm-hmm. you might have had a bad experience with another wish list platform, and so you don't want to try another one. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Amazon is essentially just a reseller market, right? So mm-hmm. like I said, people are marking up items for 600%, and you're paying a pretty hefty price for an mm-hmm. item that you would rather just buy locally because you think that you're going to get a better deal there, which is, is mm-hmm. normally true, right? Um, mm-hmm. But also it's, you know, not being flexible or just open to new technology. Um, mm-hmm. I, and in fact, I like have my clients do this sometimes. I'll have them go on Amazon, find an item that they like, any item, even a personal item, and then go put that same item, the name of it or the UPC code in Google and see how much that you're actually paying for it. Because mm. when you can save that money, then you can buy more product, to help more people. Sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. So, and I think one of the things too, that I suspect um, is a little bit of a hurdle for nonprofits. Um, you know, we're, we, we do accounting for nonprofits, but I always joke that we're actually an IT company that happens to do accounting for nonprofits. And I yes. feel like, because everything's so technology driven and one of the concerns or issues that I've seen, even when I used to be a CFO of a nonprofit, there's all these platforms out there. There's all this technology. And I, and, and I think most people generally believe that yes, it's, it would save me time in the long run, or that would be a really great solution. But I think that one of the challenges is that there's no one to do the implementation for something like this. So who within your clients that you work with, Ali, is usually managing this database? I'm assuming it's someone on the fundraising team. Is that is that accurate? Or who would be the yeah. ones that kind of do the integration for something like this? So um, in the beginning, RightGift started as a wish list platform only. And then we saw the need for bulk procurement. We were getting the wholesale pricing, so we grew into that. So in the beginning, you were seeing a lot of, um, you know, development directors, you know, Mm -hmm. liaisons within that department. Um, Sometimes it was someone who was just running an event, right? They were doing a toy Mm -hmm. campaign and that's Mm -hmm. really where we started. And then once they started to see the benefits of the platform, we started to move into the procurement director area. Mm -hmm. And a lot of groups Mm -hmm. have, you know, a lot of nonprofits, especially businesses with CSR programs, they have a certain amount of money they have to spend by a certain time, right? So Mm -hmm. they Mm -hmm. are actually, you know, they're, they're set up for this. It's basically Mm -hmm. like filling in an RFP. So Mm -hmm. there are people who are very experienced in this field. And then there's people who just run the toy drive every single December and we Mm -hmm. work with them in, in any capacity that they need really. So Mm -hmm. I think the the basis of good technology is that there's, there's somebody there that you Mm -hmm. can talk to they can answer mm-hmm. your questions. And that's sure. what we really focus on is 
low pricing and a consultancy service without a fee. Mm -hmm. Well, what this kind of reminds me too is many organizations I think are seeing the benefits of special event software. So registration software, ticket sales software, you know, more and more nonprofits on the fundraising side are understanding that there's these different platforms that really create a better user experience on the donor side or whoever's purchasing tickets or, or whatever it might be. Um, but it's also helping us stay a little bit more organized so we can run basic reports and say, okay, how many tickets did we sell? How do we do this? Rather than keeping track of it in an old school way, maybe on Excel spreadsheets or things. And I have noticed more and more different types of platforms that's coming into play with respect to, um, to nonprofits. And I think this is just one example that I know so many of our clients spend so much time receiving, tracking, collecting, thanking donors for in-kind. It's a full-time job for some of our mm. organizations, certainly. So I think this mm -hmm. is an area where, you know, much like special events nowadays with auctions and online auctions, and uh, that's become more and more relevant over this past you know, two years now um, with the pandemic. So something to think about for sure. Mm -hmm. Speaking of the pandemic though, what how do you think in-kind has changed in your experience because of the pandemic? Yeah, in-kind has changed forever. It will never be the same. Um, mm -hmm. Now people know where their products are coming from. They mm -hmm. were getting stuck on boats as they were coming overseas. We had, you know, cases and cartons of teddy bears that were stuck off the coast of California that just mm -hmm. couldn't come in because of the pandemic. So mm -hmm. you saw a lot of supply chain disruptions. Um, mm -hmm. which affected pricing, which affected, uh, you know, if you could even get the product to begin with. So we saw caps mm -hmm. on how much you could buy, especially on mm -hmm. Amazon and some of those retail sites. Um, you couldn't get, you know, five things of Lysol wipes. And for mm -hmm. a homeless shelter, they have to have that because a lot of these places closed down. Um, so, you know, the restaurants and the places where the homeless would go wash their hands in general, those aren't open either. So, mm -hmm. you know, we saw longer shipping times and we're going to continue mm -hmm. to see that six to eight weeks, um, lost packages, packages not being tracked. So everything kind of fell apart from where we were getting the items from um, in the United States to if the items were even being delivered to the right person at the right time. Um, mm -hmm. So I would say that, you know, that that's, that's the biggest thing was the supply chain disruption and also kind of why we kind of got into bulk purchasing, you know, mm -hmm. buying these items in advance at the wholesale price before they got too out of control so that the nonprofits mm -hmm. and businesses could even afford them to begin with. I mean, diapers mm -hmm. are a nightmare to try to get right now. And mm -hmm. that's something that I know our team is really focusing hard on, on a couple of pillars that we know are going to be essentials you know, disposable items for the next mm -hmm. 12 months as we make it through this, because it's, it's going to keep going through mm -hmm. um, 2022 spring, summer, until we see things start to kind of pan out a little bit. I think CNN called it the perfect storm. So mm -hmm. basically everything you need that you would need, a nonprofit person would need, someone they were mm -hmm. helping, basic stuff is just going to be expensive slash not available. Yeah. It's interesting. I have a client. Um, it's a food pantry that works down in Florida Keys. And so she had shared with me that in the past, it's when they have a hurricane or some other natural disaster that they're helping their, their community. There's the rest of the state that can help rally and support them. But when it's the entire state or the entire region or the entire country, there's no one else to pull in resources from 
that they are used to being able to do that, um, but now they're in a situation where they can't do that anymore. Um, it's kind of every, every organization for themselves, if you will, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So Ali, I think this has been really helpful for organizations to start thinking about, okay, do I get in-kind um, services or goods? So I know we talk a lot about goods, but services is also important to keep track of. Um, should I be doing more of this? Should I be finding a better way to ask? Because people do want to support organizations. They do want to give things that they can feel good about giving. Um, I, I see that all the time. It's really quite humbling and overwhelming to see how much people want to give of goods, especially if there was an organization out there that wanted to chat more with you about this particular platform or you know, in kind, what their processes are and maybe how this platform can make it a little bit easier for them. Ali, what would be the best way for somebody to get in touch with you? Yeah, so I would honestly say start at rightgift.com. We have a discover page mm-hmm. And we have tiles of businesses we work with, um, nonprofits we work with, national and local. So no, no nonprofit or business is too big or too small. Um, and really, it's just emailing me at Allie, A-L-L-I-E, at rightgift.com, R-I-G-H-T-G-I-F-T. Um, and from mm-hmm. there, we basically just set up a, a little demo. I walk you through the platform. Mm-hmm. We talk about what your giving goals are. And, and it's, it's pretty simple. Love that. We love simple. We love simple and we love um, inexpensive. Like you said, this is at no cost, right? To the nonprofits? Yeah, no no cost to individuals, nonprofits or businesses. And then essentially anything you buy through the platform or your donors buy for you through the platform is 1% cash back. Fantastic. So it's kind of a no, no lose scenario here. So Ali, thank you so much again for joining us. And for those of you that are still struggling with your in-kind, definitely reach out to Ali. It sounds like she has a really great platform that should at least be worth considering to see if there's a way that you can get this under control. I so often see so many nonprofits that come to us after the fact when they realize, oh, I need an audit now. Oh, I have all of these in-kind. I had no process to track them. And now this is going to be a huge problem um, whenever I go to get an audit complete or a tax return complete. So please don't wait until it's too late. Be proactive about it and put some good systems in place. Until next time, everybody. Thanks.